Hello, greetings, and we are back. <laughs> hey, we did it. We lasted. God, I was near pressing, pressing wrong buttons there and starting shit like way early. I was like, oops, no, that's. Uh, my brain's been spent. My, uh, obviously, it was on stream last night and freaking my whole sleep pattern is just. Plus, the clocks went forward. I, yeah, I hate that shit so much. It's only. Uh, what gets me is people lose their shit like properly over it, and it's only like a day or two of disruption. Mm-hmm. And then everything falls into the thing, but everyone's like, oh, and you see all the same memes and the same fucking posts from like every year. <laughs> and you're like, right. it's almost like people are on a calendar. All oh, right, got to show this meme again. Right, it's this time, got to show this meme again. Right, got to show And it's probably. fucking just the same shit recycled. Oh, the brain dead masses. Uh, <laughs> I love them so. Right. Yay, and I've just quit another job and I fucking don't give a shit anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> I can't do people, man. It's I hard. Just can't. It's uh, really as I get older, I just can't do it anymore. People's petty bullshit just drives me mental. <laughs> There's more things in the fucking world than like getting, getting your own life sorted and, you know, find some direction where people just go, me, 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 over the most inane shite and try to mm-hmm. turn into something just to fucking fill the empty voids in their lives and just like why yeah it's it, it never surprised me just how fucking stupid people can get that's hard especially in this game it involves reaching out and talking to people and fucking just <laughs> put myself in the like wrong position for a complete misanthrope but luckily enough by the time you wade through all the nonsense at least you find good good people to interact with um but it's hard, man. Uh, what else? Uh, I don't Lawrence know how people feel the general public. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's addicted. To, it's funny that people don't like horror, yet they're addicted to fear. Like, everything has to be right. some sort of crisis or fucking catastrophe, and they're they're all fucking flicking their veins over fucking, oh, we're, the world is coming to an end. The end is now. The, like the old placards. Mm-hmm. And yet... um. People are like, oh, why do you watch horror movies? Yeah, right. Like, like that's fucking nihilistic. No, this shit's just fun. Yeah, but they're actually craving for the actual end of days in the world. Yeah, that shit I'll never understand. Oh man, um, man, I just more more I realize I'm not a normie. I just can't operate with fucking the the fucking green unwashed anymore. Mm-hmm. They've just nothing to say to me. I tried even stepping and watching a, like a few action movies and stuff, and I just found myself bored. Just you know, <laughs> stepping back in the mainstream again to cleanse the palate. And I'm like, this is fucking the same drivel on repetition. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can't be bothered. And you can almost get to the point now. I see people with conversations. You can almost fucking predict what they're going to say. Because whatever the buzzword is in the media, they just fucking repeat verbatim. Right. And you're like, is there anything? Hello? Anything in there? Yeah, no. It, uh, it it makes for easy conversation when you deal with people like I do on a one-to-one basis, but a lot of them a day, because you just kind of go through the motions. Because it's always the same topics being brought up, and you just kind of go, <laughs> Yeah. That's when I give up um, going to the barbers. I'm going to start doing my own hair uh, many, many, many years ago. Um, 
because it would just be you'd just be sitting there in the chair and plus i don't like people touching me anyway strangers you know just don't like that um but it's like are you going on holiday are you doing this i'm like for fuck's sake just shh, shh. stop talking <laughs> do the thing because i'm freaking out the fuck because <laughs> you're touching me <laughs> um so i can get the hell out of here yeah that that's why i've been doing my own hair for the last 20 plus years <laughs> i uh, oh my god i took uh took my wife to go get her hair done the other day and got to live with like s vicariously live through her to see why i don't have my hair done it was a good experience mind you it was a really good experience but at the same time it's like i just wanted to sit there and read my book she just wanted to sit there and fuck around on her phone and it's like why why must there be talking silence yeah. is always a beautiful thing or when you go to the dentist and you're trying to zone out and they that, have to start the conversation with you. And you're like, yeah. mate, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to fucking zone out here and pretend you don't exist. Right. That I get this thing over with. And it's the same on work. Um, Like, I'm one of the directors sitting beside me. And I just can't fuck up. Like, I'm just fucking doing my usual. Blah, blah, blah. I'm the bestest, bestest ever. I'm the bestest. Fucking, I don't need to eat or sleep because I'm fucking super god. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't care. And then when you don't give them the fucking validation, then they get antsy. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, what do you need from me? Can you not get it from someone else? Why do you need it from me? <laughs> right. And I think this has been my problem for years. I just don't give that whatever these fucking empty vessels need to fill them up. For some reason, they'll come to me for it. Mm -hmm. I don't give it. It's the same as attention seekers. Um, like, the office flirt and all that kind of shit. They, they flounce and pr prance about and they come to me for the attention that I'm never going to give them because mm -hmm. I'm just in my own way fucking world and just want to get on with shit. And the fact that I'm in have an environment with people I don't get on with and have nothing in common with because I'm a fucking weirdo <laughs> and I just want to get what I just zone out. So it, it's the same as I, I just thought about it. It's the same with um, when I go to the barber or something or somebody, you know, poking at me. I just want to zone out to pretend it's not happening, that it's over and done with. It's the same work. Right. I just want to fucking zone out and pretend that I'm not there and I'm just counting down to the fucking go home again or just get away. Mm -hmm. And these people, because I don't give them their validation, just ramp it up. Oh, that's the worst. It's like, get, get the hint. <laughs> I don't want to talk. Leave me the fuck alone. Hey, Chris, good to see you, man. Um, Cat Theater, thanks for jumping in. Oh, yeah. Every, every channel needs a Chris. Uh, I said that actually when I had him on last week. So every channel needs a Chris. That guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, there, but yeah, it's like there's a hundred other people you can get validation from and attention. Why come to me? Right. It's, I think it's the same with the whole social media shit as well. I just don't get involved in the bland, blasé conversations. Yeah. How many times, like, I'm starting to see this with a, and I'll use a term because I don't know whether I'm conflating the horror fandom with the, you know, your typical horror fan with your typical social media user. I think the two are getting kind of conflated because it's the same person. And I think it's the same type of person that ends up in every, I think they just go around like pinballs. Mm -hmm. How many times do you have to have the Freddy versus Jason conversation, the Halloween 3 conversation, the fuck, what else? 
the other fucking plant. Yeah, the, the fucking one has to go, pick it, you know. Yeah, that shit drives me insane. One has to go. Your fucking opinion. Thank you. Let's get rid yeah, of it's that. Like, <laughs> fucking rinse and repeat. No thought. Um, and you try to have any form of nuanced conversation. But maybe shit. Maybe the best thing ever. I'm like, okay. If I agree that a movie shit, I want to find out why it was shit. That's what I'm more interested in now. Is delve into the backstory of what went wrong. Mm-hmm. Where did the cogs come off in a in a good idea to make the thing happen? Yeah. And just um, nobody uh, fucking. It's, if you're on like, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of horror groups forums platforms all that kind of stuff and it's the same shite and it's just like i'm getting bored sorry it's just my i mean it's just something that's been bugging me for a bit because you try to go on the you know the escape especially when shit's going on during the day and you're just meeting the same sort of bland people you're like who who are those you know behind the fucking avatar because they're always hiding behind an avatar if you've noticed of course and they'll never do this. They'll never fucking stick their face on camera and speak, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, come on. Um, user, there's a reason why fucking horror gets a bad name. It's usually because of dipshits like that. But then that can be said for any franchise, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's it's the, the shitty people are always the loudest. It's the fucking, you know, for lack of better terms, the normal people sound. in the fucking fandom. They're the ones that just shut up and enjoy it. Or don't. Or don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the, you know what I mean? Usually people, all oh, right, didn't quite fancy that, but fair play to you for doing it in the total on. Mm. But what I'm getting sick of, I think, is that these loud arsed dickheads are pushing everybody else away. And there's, I mean, there's no motivation. If I wasn't doing this podcast, if I didn't have connections and real world connections, I wouldn't be on social media because mm-hmm. it's just there's nothing there for me. It's shit. Yeah, I, I would stick with TikTok because that's just funny cat videos and people getting hurt. Like no, because you, you get the fucking shouty people. No, man, that's the that's the nice thing about TikTok is it, it finds your algorithm and it just sticks you in your corner. It's great. Well, I've seen that with Instagram actually. Um. If you put it in the timeline, if you ever log into the channel, because I just I don't bother with my own because I wouldn't use it, but if you look at the channel, all you see are fucking bird videos and <laughs> fucking oh, yeah. daft animal videos, and you just you scroll down the you know the main page. Mm-hmm. Um it's when you hit the what do you call it, the magnifying glass to find the random stuff. Mm-hmm. That's when all the freaking weird crap comes on. Yeah. I think we're yeah. back to I don't know where our snipples are feet. At the moment, they're kind of transitioning between the two. We had the panties because you notice there's a fucking trend with certain <laughs> the all the hose. Yeah, and it goes from panties, feet, nipples. You know the the loose shirts poking through, and you're like, oh, here we go, we're back to this again. <laughs> <laughs> and even when they're fucking hoeing themselves out, it's just a fucking repetition. Oh, this is trending right now. We've got to jump on that bandwagon, recycle the old pics. You're like, but uh, yeah, just. I'm done with fucking people's shit. That's fair. But we try to bring some positivity. Um, Fuck yeah, we do. <laughs> try and find the right people, get them together, get their work out there. Um, 
had a great chat last night um, with uh, the Australian director. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dick DL was a good, good laugh and just end up going for near two hours, just uh, good off and random shit. And that's that's the sort of people I want involved with the show. Um, mm-hmm. People of good, uh, fucking good nature, not up their own arse, just want to make, create good horror. Whether it be serious horror, have a laugh horror, it doesn't matter. Just fucking, I want to see the passion behind creativity, not mm-hmm. pretentiousness. Yeah, absolutely. But there you go. Okay, I'm brave. <laughs> yeah, I Every think month. that was a pretty pretty light rant for uh, for that's all right. It was actually monthly um, episode. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm actually in a good mood. I think because when you remove toxicity, and yeah, I'm disadvantaging myself. But at the same time, I, I don't know, like man. It's better than yeah. Taking care of one's own mental health should always be a priority. So I, I don't think you're necessarily disadvantaging yourself. I can live with being broke. Yeah, yeah I mean, fuck. Honestly, uh, I I can live with that. I don't need the shiny things. I like shiny things, mm-hmm. but I don't need the shiny things. I can as long as I can put my passion into something. Keep myself in reasonable fucking living condition. I'm good. Mm-hmm. As long as my birds are taken care of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That's always number say. one. Yeah. yeah. As long as I'm not being neglectful, I'm good. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm just sick of bouncing around at the moment. <laughs> fucking. And just with all this shit, it's just. Like I said, the herd, they're just fucking. They're pre programmed. They don't think. They just chant the words. Mm-hmm. And if you don't chant the words, you're the other. And it's been like that since the dawn of time, since we crawled out of caves. Right. And everyone's talking about being enlightened and like, no, we're less enlightened than ever. Yeah, right. Yeah, it is definitely not uh, not a good path. No. I mean, the only good thing is that it, at some point, the pendulum is going to swing the other way, because it always does. I mean, of course, it's going to be kind of rough to deal with that side of things, but it'll be uh, it'll be refreshing. Yeah, um, you don't want the pendulum to swing too far because both, uh, you know, in both extremes have mm. you don't want the lunatics on the asylum, and that's yeah. where we're getting the danger. Mm. It's when the fucking ideological fucking loonies get the upper hand and get control, and it's always the shit people. No, oh, yeah, of course, it's always the shit people. It's never the fucking metro meritocracy. It's always fucking the dross who. Can't achieve anything any other way than weasel themselves in under some banner. Mm-hmm. And that's either side of whatever. And I'm just, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of, I think I'm just sick of busting my balls for other people yeah, and watching same. other people just coast along. I just, uh, just grates me. And it seems as this channel, you the amount of work and the amount of fucking networking we've done with this channel and we're growing so slowly because the one people shouting at each other that's what fucking gets the clicks mm-hmm. the fucking and that's why I'm saying all the fucking generic memes and shit if we were to post all that dozy shite we'd be fucking top of the charts oh absolutely but fuck that <laughs> if I would start doing articles you know if we started like writing up articles of the same shit that's been done a hundred times and did features like that would be fucking top because I don't get it. People just want to 
no, I mean, we could talk about the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, do the fucking, oh, let's do a biopsy on Freddy and everyone will love it. Let's do Jason and fucking, you know, just do the same shit that's been done a hundred thousand times and everyone will just lap it up. Yeah, of course. We talk about the real shit. <laughs> well, de well, yeah, well, we definitely will be today. <laughs> yeah, well, let's uh, let's dive into some uh, movie news. Hell yeah! Um, does that work better? Yeah, hold on. Better. What do you prefer? Um, I mean, I got it pulled up right here, but it doesn't right. matter to me. Yeah, just more for you. Uh, I will do that. Yeah. That looks alright. So that adds a lot of brightness to the screen. Makes me look yeah. nice and tasty. <laughs> um, so this is from uh, Screen Geek, mm -hmm. and we talked about this when we did the Smile review. Um, how it could move forward, and it looks mm -hmm. like there there's a Smile two in development. So that movie did really well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we kind of disagreed in a few bits about it and how it was executed. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it was an enjoyable movie. Yeah, it was yeah, it was, it was fun. It wasn't amazing. But I would watch it again, and I definitely, definitely looking forward to the sequel. I think though um, the sequel, because you talked me into it. I think the sequel needs to go the way you said. I would just make sense. So like basically, that's... it's falling on straight on from the boyfriend. He staggers out of the the cabin, and then he's got forty eight hours. That or is it forty eight hours? Uh, seven. No, it's a week. Seven days. Yeah. Seven days, yeah, it was a week. Yeah, you wouldn't get it done 48 hours. Thinking, um, <laughs> 48 hours, man, that'd be like some fucking crank stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, god, uh, there's a fucking um, action film for you. Yeah, I've seen that on Crank 2. <laughs> like, oh Jason. man, Crank that's 2. When, that's when Jason Statham was fun. Yeah, well, god, like, yeah, I fucking I love that era of Jason Statham. And Crank 2, that was just beautiful. Like, the stupid shit they did to make it, and then having a fucking Uncle Lloyd cameo. Like, it was just... That was a perfect action film. <laughs> yeah, but not at all. Like I was saying, uh, I was even talking about it last night. The more um, I sort of delve back in the mainstream and just see the shit being produced now, I'm like, nah, I'm sick of horror. Because at least if a cheesy, slocky film appears, I know there's some love behind it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Talking of which, we have some movies to watch. I know, right, going on the first tangent already, but um, our good friends at Seven Street Productions have reached out. And uh, I think we're going to have to do that review. Yeah, um, yeah. This, this month. So what is it they want us to look at? Um, so it is the Conjuring thing, the Beyond. Conjuring. Yep, which is about sleep paralysis and sleep paralysis demons and all that good stuff and i think we've Hell got yeah. the return of captain turtleneck i fucking I, hope I so god damn it i saw that angry gold chain i'm like could it be could it be <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's somebody I, I um this is what i'm talking about the good nature um i need to try and get him on the show because we'd uh we tried to arrange it once and then uh didn't happen mm -hmm. but we fucking ripped his movie apart we tore into it. I mean, we were merciless. I think that's the worst both of us ever been about a movie. <laughs> <laughs> we fucking didn't. We didn't hold back. And what was his response? Oh, do it again, do it again. Right? Yeah. And like, that's, that's, I'm just like, sir, you're a legend. Awesome. <laughs> you are an absolute legend. Um, yeah, that's definitely happily... somebody that knows how to play the fucking game. <laughs> 
And that's um I, I said this last night as well. When a movie's meant to be sloppy and fun, I, I am a very forgiving person. Mm-hmm. When a movie's trying to take itself seriously, then that's when the other switch flicks. Mm-hmm. Or when a movie tries to be a comedy and there's nothing funny about it. Right. Then that's where I'm like, oh right, okay, I'm gonna be really harsh. Yeah, it's like when shit's real, you can tell, and it's it makes it a completely different experience. Yeah, same as this movie, Smile. It was a real movie. Mm-hmm. There was genuine um, desire to make you feel uncomfortable and on the edge of your seat, and have that whole mystery. And as long as it don't go Damien Leone and explain everything in part two. Yeah, it's that's not, backstories. Well, it's, See, I'm okay with backstory. I'm not okay with two and a half hours with zero substance. <laughs> yeah, but I want the lore. I want the lore, but I want lore drip fed to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fun. That's why franchises like Nightmare on Elm Street lasts so well, or uh, Friday the Thirteenth, because you get the lore, but it's little tiny bits that keep you coming mm-hmm. back. Whereas, yeah, with Terrifier 3, it was a lot of fucking filler with no substance to it. Yeah, the more more I think back to that, I'm like, oh, God, why why did you do that? There's no need. You were on a winner. I mean, I still, I still, I got hope. I got hope for 3, because I really would love to see the Victor Crowley Art the Clown crossover. But somebody needs to help rein that shit in. Like, just... You need to you give, a, give us a good record. hour and 20, hour and 30 minutes. That's all we need because art's amazing. Yeah, you've got a winner there. Just mm-hmm. and that is something you can just rinse and repeat. This yeah. to a point, um, how much do you think they can rinse and repeat without going the saw direction with this franchise? Um, I mean, I see at least three movies, but it also depends on where they take stuff because if they pick up right where the first film left off and then he discovers just a little bit more and then it ends mm-hmm. up getting passed to somebody else and then they discover just a little bit more I, I feel like as long as because we know that the monster ultimately is going to change with each person because it's the person's demons that <clears throat> yeah with. that keeps it fresh um mm-hmm. different um environments of course because they're experiencing shit differently like they're it's it's infinitely recyclable. Like it's, they could do Saw, but keep my interest. Like Saw, I respect the franchise. I like the first three and Jigsaw, but other than that, man, it's just, it's the same shit, just different, different title. Mm-hmm. I think I got, I think I got the three. I was trying to figure out it last night. I, I definitely got the two. Mm-hmm. And then I'm scratching my head going, okay. Yeah, I think, um, I want to say, I've watched the first five. Uh, the first three I saw in theaters, and then I just kind of started slowly checking out. The first one, man, God, that was an experience. Like, I think back to how movie watching was so different back then versus now. And I kind of miss those days of, you know, midnight screenings where you get in line with everybody else. You don't have, you know, assigned seating. It was a fucking experience. It was like a concert going to see a movie opening night. Mm-hmm. Now it's just well when you have the adult <laughs> section, where not everything was designed for fucking kids. Mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, there were so many times I got kicked out of movie, like you know, trying to buy tickets. Like, nah, you can't be here. You can't get that. It's like that was fucking cool. Did you not do what I did? What's that? Did you not do what I did? Buy the ticket for another movie and then. No man, I was a fucking square ass child. Like I was so terrified to do anything like that because I was convinced I was going to get deep shit. I I want to say I wasn't until or I wasn't. Trying to, like 19 or 20 when I finally did my first like cinema hopping. And I mean, it was kind of a bust. Uh, like I went and saw, I think it was Click, and then we hopped and went and saw Superman Returns. <laughs> but I got to eat popcorn all day, so that was good. That was pretty good. But yeah, well, what no, we would I, do, I, I was, was kind of a, <laughs> the law was kind of loosely applied. Because there was more important shit going on than somebody watching that movie. <laughs> That's just the way our fucking country was mm-hmm. during the 80s. Uh, it was fun. But I think even our local cinema, it twigged on, it knew what it was, it didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. So it would always put some, something PG on or 12 mm-hmm. at the same time as the, the 15 or the 18 movie was starting. Oh, yeah. And we had all trundled up and barred just. Good little boys and girls, buy our fucking ticket for that movie. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't and it got just got to the point, it was just that silly because we were there. I used to go to every week to the cinema. You used to be able to afford it. It's only like three yeah. quid or something. Flipping. Yeah, man, it's crazy to think that it used to be doable like that. <laughs> and uh that's what you did. You just got to the point where you you sort of pretend to walk in, but then we got to the point you didn't even bother pretending, you just went into the movie you wanted to see. Yeah. And everyone was kind of covered because um if somebody caught you out when you had the wrong ticket, so you got kicked out. Um, so the cinema was covered. You paid the money, so you weren't sneaking in for free. So they they were happy, yeah. and got to watch what I wanted. And yeah, right. well, um, and it's and the funny. gone now. Like Curtain. thinking about it, I, I I wish I would have done that more as a kid because ultimately, and I don't know how it is on your side of the pond, but uh, my side, like the cinemas here, don't make money off the movies. It's literally concessions. Because, of course, they have to rent the movie and they pay per each screening. I mean, they'll usually put a, uh, you know, a blank. See, I think that's where it changed. I think the companies got greedy. And I think that's where it all, like, cinemas were able, like, you wouldn't do it if you couldn't make money. Mm-hmm. And I think just the, you know, the usual, the fucking mono corporation started grinding down all the individual. So they reduced, uh, removed competition. So there's no com- competition to have your movie in a cinema screen because it was the same mono corporation now. And I think that's just ground down, like they've effectively killed cinema. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there was definitely a flip because you used to be able to just pay a couple of quid. Now you have to pay fucking, uh, was it 10 quid now or something? 10 to 11 quid just to get in. Yeah, like and over here. If you, if you really feel the need to get the concessions, you're like, ugh. Yeah, we. I ended up just getting like, um, you know, the the membership to the theater that we go to because I end up saving a bunch of money doing it that way. Because each time we go, yeah, that's two tickets. That's between like twenty four and thirty bucks, depending on what I'm doing. Sometimes more if it's a special event. Um, and then you got your popcorn, you got your soda, you got your candy. Um, and I mean, sometimes you spend like $50, 60 for two fucking people to go to a movie. 
-hmm. Whereas like I pay 10 bucks for a membership and you know, it's 10 bucks a month. I get a free ticket. So that already saves me money right there. And then I get discounts on candy and shit, like everything. So it's, it's crazy that that's even a necessity at this point to be able to afford to go to a fucking movie. Yeah, um, that options are, but my problem is, and I've shown you that when I'm trying to figure out a movie to watch. Yeah. My local cinema, fucking 10 Hindi movies, mm -hmm. three Western ones. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, right, what's for me? And then the three Western ones are always generic fucking sludge. Yeah. And I'm just like, when the hell do I actually get to watch what I watch? It's just... um. And same as the same brand, you know, the same chain has one local to me and then one in like the main town. And it's the same shit. Fucking mm -hmm. Saul Hindi movies and a splattering of Western ones. And the Western ones are just the generic fucking capes and fucking steroids and mm -hmm. all that type of shit. I'm I'm pretty lucky. Mine it's just <clears throat> a, I mean it's a chain, but it's uh, a little theater. Just something that's in the mall, um, close to my house, and they do. They might not have like extensive like runs of different movies, but they do a lot of one night screenings of just really random shit. Like that's, I got to see fucking uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. There, uh, I've seen like uh, different uh, Batman animated movies there from like the nineties and shit. Like they do random little runs. Oh, like mask of the phantasm. A lot kind of yeah. Mask of the phantasm. I, that's, that's I'm my favorite sure one. The last one I watched. It was either that or when they did, um, the killing joke, which if you haven't seen that, Ooh, God damn. Um, prefer the graphic novel. Well, I mean, and, yeah, but still like having Mark Hamill do the monologue from the, the ride. Oh my god, I got goosebumps watching it. Almost cried. I'm not gonna lie. It was so beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and the, actually they pulled off the last scene. Um, no spoilers. But the last no scene. No spoilers. The fucking graphic novel came out in the fucking eighties. I think I think there's been enough time. Yeah, but people, people can't read today. <laughs> like uh, people are looking at that screen and they're going, Oh, look at the look at those hieroglyphs and the <laughs> right. wordy stuff. I, I can't that's confusing. Where's yeah. my TikTok video? <laughs> can't can't uh, do anything more than thirty seconds now. <laughs> um, so there's no plot um, reveals for us, which is hard. And... I don't think they need to fucking describe each turd that comes out. Like, just let us discover a fucking movie when we sit our asses in the seats and see it. Like, I hate that whole Disney model of spoil it for everybody. That way they're in the seats because they know what to expect. Like, fuck that. I don't want to know shit about a movie before I watch it. Yeah, that's kind of defeats the purpose. But um, they've got Parker back in anyway, so the same director. So it'll have the same sort of uh, vibe to it at least. Because mm -hmm. nothing worse when they um, uh, keep changing. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, he's the original writer of everything. So it's like, why, yeah. why wouldn't he So it's good to see... the same vision coming along um here we are this is um i thought it was going to be a good article but it's a fluff pace yeah it, it was i mean it's it's bloody i'm disgusting. getting worried like it's... i'm getting worried because these i fluff have pieces are pushing so hard it's putting I... me off 
I don't know, man. I've got like zero expectations other than I feel like it's going to be fun. Like as long as I get what I got in the the trailers, um, I haven't seen the new one, but like all the, like the other Red Band trailer. As long as I get that, I don't give a fuck. Like it does it feel like it's Evil Dead? Not really. It feels more like the um, what was it, twenty thirteen Evil Dead. But even then, I liked that movie. I thought it was fantastic. So do you know what I thought about it? Because we reviewed. In fact, that's one of the ones we lost a bloody review for. Because no, no, I all remember um, we were doing streams and then we'd lose the video. Oh yeah, do you remember that whole shit we went through for about three months? Shit, three and the thing streamed, people were able to watch near. it, and then <laughs> it went to YouTube and fucking disappeared. Mm. And then do you remember we ended up like ten minutes of actual because uh, when it streams to the platforms, it saves. Mm. Um, that's what this platform we're using now is amazing because at least yeah. you can click straight away off this and the videos are and if it doesn't go to the platform um like last night facebook decided to arse up mm -hmm. um wouldn't stream out to facebook um at least you've got a backup yeah where yeah, you know, no, i remember doing these streams some really good discussions for like two hours and then the video pops up on youtube and it's like huh three minutes motherfucker yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah so we lost them um, lost evil dead 2013 sadly i'll revisit I'm... that one I, I would redo that episode gladly i think it might be worth it because um my thoughts are they try too hard to make maya ash by almost going beat for beat with some of the scenes where there's the opportunity to make her own character mm-hmm and then the torpedo out of the water because then what happens at the end? Bruce appears, fucking groovy, mm -hmm. Ash versus Evil Dead, and everyone, what was that remake? What? <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking torpedoed it. Never yeah, to be seen that was again. The only proper way to end it. Um, that was like fuck your girl, boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh classy. I love it. I do. Mm -hmm. Um. That was, uh, especially with the whole culture, and just once again, it's just a fucking badge, the high generic tripe. And it wasn't the fact it was a fun movie, and there's some like the shower scene in that was amazing. Yeah. Like yeah, making I, that horror, I, you know, like it's been a while since I cringed, mm -hmm. and the shower scene actually made me do it. I'm like, holy shit, right? I'm actually feeling something here. <laughs> But they tried too hard to make her the next Ash instead of her own character. And then the fucking, like I said, the torpedo with Ash versus Evil Dead and Kelly, there's a girl boss. Mm -hmm. um, Donna, I can't remember her surname. Um, but you see her yeah, and she's like remember. actually really bubbly and giving interviews and stuff and not preaching or anything and just talking about all the fake blood and shit and, you know, just embracing the madness. Um, but there was an example of having great uh characters and roles ruby sorry ruby having uh seen her what the fuck lucy, lucy Lawless. Mm -hmm. god i'm like Tuh. sorry i'm jerry <laughs> cold fart <laughs> yeah no, first she's, she's she's fucking great how can i forget <laughs> yeah what the fuck dude come on like, yeah come on <laughs> that's that's why the, the blood was just leaving my brain there thinking about her <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, okay, that's, that's fair. I can understand that. Can understand uh, even after all these years, um, but yeah, there's the torpedoed the Maya character out of the water with that TV show because 
what what could you do? The the created two better characters. What no? You like no, yeah, no, I yeah, that's that's true. I hadn't really thought about that. Double, double. So it's like, I, yeah, I, how would you bring her into like that? Give me an Evil Dead movie with Kelly and Pablo as the leads. Fucking mm -hmm. following the trail of destruction of the Necronomicon. Yeah, it were. would be hard to continue it like with them. Like, I mean, they're fucking great. Like, I absolutely yeah, especially Pablo. Like that kid that he was fucking awesome. He had the best um he had actually a better connection to the Necronomicon than Ash. Yeah. And his storyline was amazing. Mm -hmm. bringing in the whole bruja and that mm -hmm. sort of lore and just not just making it about christianity mm -hmm. but bringing in that the, the necronomicons and eternal evil and everything you know just everything battles against it yeah so uh, yeah I, I love that aspect of the first season that was and that was pretty early on too and that was like episode three or that was, that was sure. the first season they brought yeah. they had him visit the bruja in the first season and then it was um season two where his experience with the Necronomicon just it's when the car got possessed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's where the, <laughs> got the whole fucking Pablo. Um, just yeah. uh, he came into his own as a character, it was like fantastic. So, this is where I'm um, you've got all that wealth of material. Mm -hmm. I just hope this is good. I hope it's not overhyped. Yeah, but there's a Bruce Campbell uh cameo in this. And apparently, uh, with the screens, it offered money. Yeah. The first to find the cameo, um, Cronin offered money to the first fan to find Bruce Campbell's hiding spot. And it's already been found, so... That's funny. It's like, I, I'm, I'm cool with stuff like that, but at the same time, it's also... It, like, I, I've got a dumb brain. So I find one track and I stick to that shit. So the fact that there's a cameo in there and it's a hidden cameo like that's all i'm going to be doing with the first like i think that's everybody knows yeah just scanning it right yeah, it's it. just okay. like watching a, a joe lynch film um the whole fucking time i'm like where's that goddamn ewok um like every every time i mean it's easier in uh his episodes of creep show like but yeah, his movies, it's always like, ah, damn you for making such a good movie. Why can't I do anything but watch that? No, I'm trying to find a fucking Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> um, but once again, this is, and this is where the normal access, like, I've given up on a lot of these websites, like Bloody Disgusting, for actual news. Oh, yeah, it's it's all fluff with them, unfortunately. Just fluff by interns. Um, And the fact that they're trying so hard with us is making me wonder... What what's wrong with this movie? Well, it's like I don't know. I I don't want to say this shit because, of course, I haven't seen it. So, gotta give it some, like, gotta give it a, a you know a chance. Well, absolutely. But it but almost it just... looks like it's something that if they took off the name, it's it would probably be a really good movie, mm. like on its own merit. But the fact that it's got, you know the. 30, 40 fucking years of um, all the shit that came first, like that almost does a disservice to it. So, yeah, it's a millstone around the neck, you know. Mm. Um, I'll skip past the spoiler. Um, but Cronin, um, 
So Sam Raimi's basically left him alone to do it, but he's been on hand. Mm-hmm. So that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. So it sounds kind of positive, you know. He's let him uh, let him do his thing, but you know when he's had specific questions or something, he's been on hand. So that's um, just hope it's a good, you know, it's a good collaborative experience, and we just get a good movie. Yeah. Well, that, that's my concern with it because it's like that can go one of two ways: either the motherfucker's gonna know the franchise inside and out and do a lot of justice to it, um, maybe reach out to Raimi for like little bits of lore, but the other one is just like dude's doing his own shit. Raimi every now and is like, "Hey, man, did you do this?" He's like, "No, fuck you," and it, that that's the part that scares me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the thing is. He's only got one movie to his credit. Mm. And I watched it and it's not giving me vibes. No, it's a decent enough movie. It was a good generic horror, horror mm. but nothing was jumping out at me. So that's kind of where I am with that. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, decent enough generic horror. You got your drone shots, you got your atmosphere. It was a bit like The Descent. I, I would like in the movie that the whole yeah well it was that that sort of vibe, gotcha. um, but I wasn't seeing Evil Dead, or I wasn't seeing the potential. The dive in now the trailer I'll I'll say the trailers have give me a better hope. Oh yeah, yeah the trailer it gives me exactly what I feel like I need from well a trailer of a new Evil Dead movie, like especially the Red Band one like it just like I haven't seen the others but yeah that that first red band it it looked like okay you know maybe we're not in bad hands yeah and as long as i love i think as long as i love sir as we talked about mm-hmm. they actually love to create and entertain us mm-hmm. is there and they're not shitting on the franchise then okay i just don't trust hollywood yeah um be nice if Hollywood just stayed away from all franchises but they've no ideas of their own so they're like uh, right. They have to do this because they're fucking nothing in the tank. Mm-hmm. Well, That's and it's so disappointing too because sometimes it works and it works so well. Like the the last you know movie that came out in this series that we're going to talk about today was gold. It was not from the same people, not the same vein of shit, but it was just amazing. That doesn't happen very often. <laughs> No. And with that said, shall we uh, dive into the vault? Fuck yeah, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. This is one I am so fucking excited to talk about. It is like, I'm not joking when I say it's one of my favorite franchises. Like, this little fucker sleeps next to me at night. I listen to the music, even though it's not good, and so much so that I got a tattoo of oh god of one of the worst movies in the franchise. I love it, but we're talking about the 1989 classic Puppet Master. No, my recollection is going to be a bit kerfuddled <laughs> because yeah, I, I went to watch, I went, meant to watch one yesterday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Five Dude, movies later, I'm like fucking. Uh, I saw that shit and I was like, yes, yes, that is. I couldn't not. Goes. I couldn't not because I queued up um the channel and the 
Pumpmaster Master Tube here, and well, I'm here now, mm-hmm. and it's about to fucking play. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'm in, I'm in for the dive, you know what I mean? And then fucking three, and then four. I'm just like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'm here now. Well, it's I'm it's not going easy, to bed but... anyway because I've got a stream. <laughs> so some of them, man, like. I mean, I will say, like, the one downside of the franchise is there are a few, few movies that are just literally, like, recaps. Um, or even, like, the first 30 minutes of the movie is a fucking recap, because that's something that happened a lot in the... Continuity um, is... Oh, the continuity is terrible. Like, none of it awful stands together at all. But it almost works because they change it up just a little bit each movie that comes out um oh and i forgot to point out i got my little werewolf nazi back there you guys can barely see yeah i fucking love puppet master <laughs> <laughs> um yeah this one it's it's always fun to go back to where it started um just like this is classic charlie band shit uh little killer dolls um wacky like upbeat music uh like you that's would, um and any other franchise that's trying to be serious and scary it wouldn't be so bubbly but i think that's why this gets away with a lot of the dumb shit that it does is because you get that richard band score and it's just so upbeat and it just complete yeah. like this is a gruesome movie that's what gets me mm-hmm. this movie is gruesome mm-hmm. and yet you have the upbeat movie and the sound effects are so cute and fluffy oh it's yeah like a fucking disney movie yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's like this is what they use for fucking their uh, idea for like Toy Story. Yeah, like, what would happen if we did that but didn't kill people? <laughs> and that's just um, the madness. Of, and I don't know um, why is it so addictive. Like I don't know how many times I've watched this bloody franchise. I've watched, I've missed about two movies, which I'm going to track down. Um, because there's like 12 movies now or something. Yeah, yeah. So there's like, um, I want to say 11 in the OG series. Um, then there's and that you got... Puppet Master X or something, which is... Well, so there's there's the the main series. So the, the first five of the main movie. series. Yeah. Then you got the retro. Um, and then you got the, the three arc of the, the Nazi puppets series which that's one so anytime we go through this it's very easy for us to go through most of them and then for some reason we stop at the nazi stuff which i don't understand because the shit's great um and then you got littlest reich which is a complete departure from uh the rest of the series it's not even a, a full moon feature but that one if you haven't seen that one it's pretty goddamn good uh, i'll see me you know <laughs> oh and then there's just played. gonna be yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen this week. I know it. Hell yeah. Got time, man. So, um, but yeah, it's just even after all this time, and it is they're doing layers of cheese over this. Mm-hmm. It's still fun to bloody watch. Oh yeah. Well, it's like everything is so over the top that it it makes up for like, you know, when you see the seams, like any other kind of movie. It takes itself so serious that when you see stuff like, you know, like for instance, like the finale, um, when they're fucking up homeboy in the elevator, like they're not hiding the fact that somebody is moving um, 
Pinhead's arms. Like you see the sticks moving his arms. It's not hidden. He at is all. my favorite puppet because they've actually right. got human hands. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, there's something just grotesque and brilliant about that character because he's actually mm -hmm. got it's a pair of human hands that appear. <laughs> and the way they've done it with the puppet is just. Yeah, it's such an easy trick, but it works so goddamn well. Yeah, I was. So uh, a few years back, for people started going their own separate ways. I was supposed to actually do a group costume project uh, for one of our conventions around here, and that mm -hmm. was who I picked. <laughs> I was I was pretty excited because I was going to be Pinhead. I fucking love that guy. Never yeah, happened though. It's a shame. Um, it's funny because uh, Toulon is almost a sad character in us. Mm -hmm. Like the you know, the puppet master himself mm -hmm. is just a footnote in this story. Yeah. Um, because obviously, starts off for those that have not seen. It's like, how can you not? It's there's so many ways to see it. You, you got to check this franchise. Mm -hmm. It's one of the classics. Yeah, it's fucking great. I want that case. I uh, that's I what I was trying to find. Size, <laughs> I want a full size. Puppet Master doll case, mm -hmm. and I've no room to put it, but I'll squeeze it. It in doesn't and... matter. It's, who needs a fucking? It'll sit. Head? It'll sit precariously above my head, you know, ready to yeah. fall, knock me out at any time during the stream. But mm -hmm. I'd be like, "Aha, have one!" Dunk. <laughs> See, I, I've got one. It's not full size, but uh, there was like, if you went to Full Moon features, I think they still have them occasionally. But uh, yeah, there's the Toulon box, which is the entire series, um, ending with like the the. The, the Nazi trilogy, all in Blu-ray, even comes with a little blade doll. It's fucking awesome. It's probably one of the coolest box sets that I have. Show off. <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I not mention at the start of the stream I'm broke right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that happens. I mean, hey, I'm fucking poor too, but because I buy stupid shit. <laughs> that's that's it. It's like. I just um I just bought stuff for our next um Clive Barker writing and I'm like I didn't need to be spending that money this week. I'm supposed to be fucking reevaluating and stuff, but mm. needs must. Gotta, it's, it's pretty yeah. <laughs> gotta do it. Um yeah, I said more work went into the, the actual carrying case. Like that's a character in itself. Without mm -hmm. a doubt. Um but it's weird at the start. There's a cute see would see sort of love thing going on mm -hmm. between the puppet master uh, and the puppets and um and he's creating jester mm -hmm. which is annoys me because two movies later he creates jester again you're like huh? yeah it definitely uh it doesn't stick like they they go all over the place with these characters <laughs> yeah it's you kind of wonder what's going on because that's the only disappointment if it um a tight storyline, this would be just untouchable. Mm -hmm. But it's still fun. I mean, so I would still argue it's pretty untouchable, but... <laughs> uh, well, like I said, it just you can't just watch one. You have to fucking just mm -hmm. go balls deep. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, before I even realize I'm doing it, like, it's not like I watched this movie went, nah, well, that was... Mm -hmm. So after the fact that I'm like, I want more. <laughs> well, and I think it also helps, too, that this is a day and age um, when movies didn't have to be, like, two, three fucking hours. So it's very easy to binge through a couple because, you know, they're like 120 minutes. And yeah. that's if you watch all the credits. If you don't watch the credits, that's 
Yeah, it's like 110. Like that's yeah. not that bad. You get through it. Um, but yeah, we see Toulon. He's bringing the jester to life, and it's blades. The one that's running. We find out. I just love the way they had to do the piano, freaking thing, thing, thing. Because yeah. everyone leaves grand pianos with the case open, because that's mm -hmm. the dumb thing. Nobody yeah, ever closes the cases. Yeah, it's like you you don't need it open. It's it's built acoustically to sound fantastic with that closed. <laughs> blimp, 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 and run about. And uh, what is it about the? This has to be. I've, I think I brought this up before. But definitely the 80s. What is it with blokes and being ashamed of receding hairlines? Because we see comb-overs, we see fucking rat-tail ponytails, mm -hmm. we see every method of hairstyle in this movie to hide baldness. Yeah, it's... I don't get it, man. I'm, you might as well still... get a neon sign. Right? Yeah, just draw a fucking arrow on your head saying, this is where I'm bald. Like I'm at the point in my life where it's like I don't know if my hair is thinning out or if it's just there's a weird spot on my head because of the shape, but it's like I got one dread that I keep an eye on, and it's like if the roots get thinner on this, I'm done. No more hair. That's like that's that's fine. What's wrong with being bald? Like fucking, it's easy. You don't have to do your hair in the fucking morning. Yeah. Um, Instead, well, these guys got like bit, manes. There's a bit in the back here uh, mm. when I did have a big fluff <clears throat> on top of my head. Once I saw that bit at the back, I'm like, nope. Psst, mm -hmm. Done. And that was God, 20 years ago, probably. And I just didn't look back since. You know, I never never shed a tear. It was just the initial shock of what the hell's that? <laughs> yeah. Okay, not not doing that. Just yeah. going with it. Well, it's um, funny yeah. with me. Like these uh these stars right here, um, I was starting to get a bit of a receding hairline at like 18 or 19 uh so i hit 20 and i was like you know fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna get some stars right there i'll i kind of did basic math and figured out where it would be in a couple of years and i was like you know i'll put those right there that way as the receding hairline continues to recede those will be placed perfectly and it'll just look cool as shit as soon as i got those fucking tattoos stopped losing hair right there I was like, huh, whatever. I guess I'm shaving right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, uh is a great thing. It's just mm -hmm. um <laughs> and you yeah. just wonder if it's in line with their characters or is this the actors going I can't face the fact I'm going bald, you know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's I don't get it. <laughs> but after the initial story, like two on uh He's creating the puppets, then he's hiding them because the Nazis are coming for him. Yeah. Um, what is that style of pictograph or movie? You know, when you basically use a painting, because mm -hmm. that hotel is done in that old style, like mm -hmm. crawl and all that kind of stuff. We have the, the painting backdrop, yeah, the, the matte painting or whatever. Yeah, is there a name for that or a term? I couldn't find it. I think it's just a matte painting, it's just matte painting and the. Pretty sure. You, you start searching my painting, it just goes into all sorts of random tangents. But I miss that style. Mm -hmm. Um, there was something really artistic about creating those scenes, especially when it had to be 
an imposing hotel over a cliff or something fantastical that mm -hmm. couldn't really be replicated in real life. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't think CGI's managed to replace that. No. It's well like for me it's it brings the fantasy to a different level. Um because it's like you subconsciously you look at it and you know it's not real. Um whereas with CG it's like the whole point is to make it look as real as possible so it almost like dumbs down like your expectations or heightens them whereas like when you see something like that or like wizard of oz is like wizard of oz um uh mary pop and shit like that it's mm -hmm. so over the top like a stage that you you accept things and it it just it, it heightens the fantasy a little bit more so i feel like that is definitely something that's missing in cinema it's weird because I can suspend disbelief better mm -hmm. when I say that. Yeah, of course. Because it's like know you know it's an that age thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's an AIDS thing or what, but CGI, especially badly done CGI, takes me right out. Mm -hmm. Um, but I know this is a painting, but I know as well it's been somebody has then painted it. They've got color palettes, they've put effort in, and they've mm -hmm. blended it in. To the scenery, and I kind of know that there's been love and attention. Yeah. Where I can't get that same feeling from a modern special effects. Mm -hmm. I instantly associate it with laziness. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's I know it's not fair. But when I well, it's, somebody... it's the thing is it's laziness on the studio's end. It's not laziness on the artists that actually create the CGI. Like, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's actual not, art. It's not they fair. Are artists. But yeah, mm -hmm. it's it's lazy on someone else's part, not the individual creating it. Yeah, and there's a, been a whole thing with VFX studios now, just they're all, they don't want to work for the big companies. They're sick and tired of being treated like slave labor and mm -hmm. they're just expected to change things and, the, you know, like that. Mm -hmm. The last minute women, they think it's all just out of a can. Yeah. And is it that I'm just trying to think of my own feelings when I see, like I said, this is 1989. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's a painting, but for some reason, I'm prepared to dive in. Yeah. And I feel reassured that there's effort. I think that's what it is. I'm, I'm reassured there's been effort put, put into this movie to make it happen. Yeah. Well, it's that and you also get actual views of the hotel so like of course they have the you know the overlay like you see bodega, uh, bodega bay on a cliffside but then you get blades pov shots where he's looking up at the hotel and it's the actual building so it's like it's just one more thing that makes the fantasy real so it's a combination isn't it it's just mm -hmm. where like i'm saying i'm gonna say a lot of the sort of modern movies, like if they tried to remake this now, <sighs> you'd just you'd be taken out of it because mm -hmm. yeah, it would, be... would pretty much be CG. I, I yeah, and it would just ruin actual it. Stop, um, stop motion. Yeah, and that's that's what I mean. Um, but the whole the fact that they put that effort in and used the location and built the location and now mm -hmm. everything now would just be done behind a green screen and mm -hmm. there'd be nothing. And I think that's. Because the magic isn't there, I think of like this before, like the magician. 
mm-hmm. when you, you see a magician's act and you know it's a trick, but you don't know how the trick's performed. Yeah. And that's, you know, you're being fooled, mm-hmm. but you don't know how and you're along for the ride. I think that's what these old movies. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of bring back that you know that they put effort in that they're misleading you they want you to believe something mm-hmm. but a modern movie you know how it's done there's yeah. no magic there well I mean that's just yeah that's a testament to like even just I mean if we're talking just about the puppets like David Allen like he was a fucking god among uh, stop motion like just amazing and these were um because we've seen some horrible, you know. I mean, you look at some of the other ones. Um, not done. I think look, uh, think of the sci-fi channel fucking movies mm-hmm. and some of the shit they have done with stop motion. That's horrible. But you're not. You're not. Well, even, it. I mean, like, shit. Even like other full moon features, like when they had, you know, lesser stop motion artists in, or just a smaller budget. It's like you can tell it's rushed. With this, it was just nothing but care. I mean, it was a relatively small budget. Um, I mean, for back then, this was like indie, indie type of budget. So yeah. it was 400 grand straight yeah. to VHS. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't trying to go on the big screen or anything. Mm-hmm. That's uh, beautiful. But yeah, I'm, I didn't find myself hating the effects or being going, oh, that's really old and dated. I actually mm-hmm. found myself comfortable and just enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like I said, the, the soundtrack and the special effects with the goriness of because that's the no back. Um, I don't know what it does to your brain, but you're just like, I love this shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's almost like it's done deliberately to mess with you because you would expect this to be a dun dun dun, you know, that type of creepy score. But I think that might have ruined it. Yeah, definitely. Well, because it would have. It would have changed expectations. Like you would have subconsciously been like, "Oh man, this is gonna be scary. This is gonna fuck me up." But yeah, you get that intro music, and it's just like, "All right, this is gonna be fun. I'm gonna really enjoy myself. I'm gonna get some laughs. That's just gonna be a blast." Do you think that scene with Toulon? Um, because one more question is because the whole the actual plot list is could have been without the puppets or Toulon. If you think nah, about it, I don't. But. That scene with Toulon at the beginning just sets the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. And then they take you off on a wild tangent afterwards. Um, I mean, it still it still stays pretty true to the, the whole reason why he was there and what he was hiding. Yeah, because that gets revealed later on. But mm-hmm. um, the whole nature, like the good... I just love the fact Blade's knocking on the door with his hook. Mm-hmm. And he's all like, oh, come on, my friend. You know, and... Um, you're lulled in this false sense of, oh, this is going to be a sweet movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what it is. Um, and then you get the first shock where he just blows his brains out in front of you. Like, okay, mm-hmm. right. Um, yeah, good stuff. Because <laughs> I, I was half expecting him to be um, dragged away, you know, kicking and screaming sort of thing quietly and never to be seen again or that was the whole plot. But he just casually sits down and this... Really sweet music is still playing. He just blows his brains out. And you're like, yeah, it's so good. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like perfect setup of what you can expect with the movie. Yeah, um, and that's why I said it messes me with me a bit, and I, I love it for it because it's like, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of another. There's like another 
theme movie that that used that sort of sweet music. I mean, pretty much but, insert any full moon feature from the late eighties, early nineties. Probably, um, I probably watched all <laughs> of them too. Um, <laughs> well, fuck yeah, you had to. Uh, God, there's like got to be a Castle Freak reanimator. Like it's all like shit like that. It's it's just it's like theater. It's like over the top. I think we talked about this before. Well, we talked about Little Shop of Horrors. When you've got theater-minded people just using the camera as a device, you get a completely different experience. Mm-hmm. As opposed to people being aware of a camera and acting for the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, that stage mentality of projecting out to an audience definitely gives you a completely different experience. Oh, yeah. I dare say a better one. Yeah, Sometimes definitely. it can... Go a bit, but yeah, um, uh, that's what the big bay like that whole uh, the end and the way it's set it up, just beautiful. Um, I forgot how beautiful it was. Mm-hmm. The, the you know, the imposing there should have been lightning bolts. That's the thing with that hotel, there should have been lightning bolts. I was expecting them. Yeah. Instead, it's always like they're taking shots of it. Like the exterior shots are always during the day where it's bright and it's gorgeous. And it's like, that's not scary at all. Yeah. And that's that's the thing about this movie because I'm expecting to overlook Hotel. Mm -hmm. You know, oppressing, dark, but it's not. It's fluffy and nice. And Mm -hmm. people are going to. And that's, again, that's the right way to go because if if they set it up like, oh, this is, you know, this is the shining, like, You'd just be disappointed as hell. So I yeah, I fucking loved it. Um, so we'll see the when we get the initial scene with the psychics, that took me a minute. I remember first seeing it just to get the grips with this group of people. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of throws you in, like you have to pick up what the hell's going on. It just doesn't like it's not like, oh, friend died. Let's get the team back together. It just immediately goes from Toulon blowing his brains out to each individual person. Yeah, getting these weird dreams and like, okay, where the hell is this going now? Yeah. Um, yeah again, it's one of those things like upon review, it's like, oh, you know, that's a, that's a smart idea. That works really well. Because it throws you off, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't get comfortable. Um, this isn't a comfortable movie to watch, and I don't mean that in terms of Oh, it's friggin' Hostel 20 or something. You know, it's, <laughs> right, it's definitely What not. I mean is, <laughs> the, beats, the beats used with this movie are almost deliberately designed to just not, you're not going to just comfortably watch this movie as in, duh, 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 here's what's happening next, because you just get thrown into something else completely. Mm-hmm. And that's what we say. So we'll go from that whole, you think that's the plot with Toulon and the Nazis coming for him. They have a job to the psychics. And you see them going through. Um, the cringiest scene was um, the fortune teller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, fuck, man. You got to get that Barbara Crampton cameo in there somehow, right? <laughs> um, she's just struggling through that tarot session with the couple. Oh, yeah. but your grandma. No, your grandma. And you're like, Okay, we've got, and yeah. you just see these two lapping it up, and you're like, okay, that's. <laughs> I fell for. <laughs> I was like, have you not done this before? I thought you were experienced. Mm-hmm. 
and then the whole point is she's doing the fakery shit and then the real thing happens she's like oh shit right yeah and the best part is they're just sitting there the whole time like what the fuck's going on uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah did you buy in the frank and carissa as the kinky couple no it was thing. like over the top it's like you, you guys are like the fucking ones that are like oh we're so kinky because we have sex all the time but they're like socks on lights off missionary type of people yeah and that scene when they're doing the psychic read and the oh tell me your deepest darkest fantasy you know mm-hmm. you're not getting this and i just wasn't feeling any titillation mm-hmm. oh you're Jim just so that. naughty oh, she's yeah. she's naked in her dream that's that's naughty it's like yeah, do you remember Man. um we did the review, the Hammer House of Horror? You know the the house that drip blood? Mm-hmm. And do you remember the couple that were watching the other couple and they're like, hee hee hee? Mm-hmm. I got more yeah. titillation from those two. Yeah, there's, way... couple, there's a couple there's a couple having sex, let's watch them. And they just <laughs> went with it. And I got more from that short scene of two people coming across as genuinely kinky than these two who are yeah. being set up as and I've noticed this as well with let's go back to social media again, but let's go back to some people we have known over the years that are so kinky and so out there mm-hmm. and the the build up as persona and they're the most boring bastards you'll ever meet. Yeah, I mean that's that's usually how it is. When you're trying too hard, it's like yeah, you're you're compensating for something and usually it's because they're fucking oh I've had sex loads of times and they land their back and there's nothing there. You're like, well, you haven't had good sex. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's that's why you're that's why you're rotting through so many people because you fucking one orgasm will kill you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I just yeah. didn't bad at the start with these two. Um there should have been a bit more playfulness. But you get these two wooden planks. Like there's no chemistry between these two whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Yeah, what are you even to even do? their sex scenes, man. It's there's nothing there. Nothing. Oh, like I said, Although, I just I, I just gotta say, back I, 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 fucking, I, I love their sex scene when um, oh my god, why did I forget his name? Uh, the drillhead guy. Is drillhead, drillhead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's um, when he attacks them. And she's just going to town, and he's got the sheets up to his fucking belly button. It's like, yeah, I probably know people that have sex like that. <laughs> yeah. Or do you know what I love? You know the sheets that go like this? Mm-hmm. So it goes up one side to cover the boobs, and then j- just down the other side. Well, sheets don't work like that. No, no. But not you just got to love that whole... That way. Um, you just got to love that whole... Uh, I don't know, blandness. Because once again, this is, you know, it's mainstream Hollywood. There's lines that can't cross or the execs would be like having a shit fit. And we've talked about this before. Like, the it's the fucking most boring, blandest people that seem to be in charge of creative projects. Mm-hmm. And the two just, uh, it's a weird, it's a weird marriage. Oh, like okay. these two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's fucking weird as hell. Like they get off on each other getting off on ghosts. That's like I mean cool, man. It's whatever consenting adults do with other consenting adults is awesome, but yeah, they're they're pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, just trying to be trying to be something you're not, not like I'm not seeing it. Mm-hmm. No playfulness. I'm like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's a strange bunch of people. Mm-hmm. It's a strange group. 
Um, so they all get the vision. The next thing you know, they get the word that um, Alex, no, not Alex. Um, what do you call him? Ian? Oh Who's the one God, that died? Did I not put his name down? No. Let's see. Shit. Steve, was it? Anyway, dude dies. Yeah. And they're all summoned. Oh my god, okay, sorry. I want to do a quick aside. Um, I was looking it up because I'm trying to remember his name. Um, Google is fantastic. One of the top questions asked is, is the Puppet Master based on a true story? Oh, fuck, I say not. And I'm like, but they do that all the time. As blah, blah, blah. You're like, fucking Google, go away. Go home, you're drunk. Right. Uh, same generic bland questions. That's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the point I made at the start of this stream. It's the same bland generic tripe. Fucking repurposed. Ba 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 Fucking. Uh. <laughs> and these fuckers want to rule the world, and you're like, can't even fucking organize your own lives. Leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah, fucking true. Some dipshit in Southern California is monitoring all social media. Oh, the hurdy words. Ah, they're using expressions and tough feelings. Ah, fuck off. <laughs> this channel's never getting monetized, by the way. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> so buy our shit, buy our merch, fucking support fuck our yeah. artists. <laughs> That's what we're here for. Just to fucking stick it in the eye. <laughs> when fucked out starts actually selling some some of his stuff, keep trying to talk him into. Because he's a, you're actually a bloody good artist, and you Neil Gallagher. There we go. That's that's who it was. Neil Gallagher, Neil, right, is yes. the guy that died. And yeah, right. one of these days I might actually try to. It's just it's so hard, man. Because like I can't have a storefront because there's no fucking money in it. Well, there's a lot of money in it, but it wouldn't go in my pocket. Uh, like, you know, helping my wife with her stuff that she was doing for a while. You know, you make $20 off of something and having a reasonable storefront, it ends up costing you $40 plus shipping to send something to somebody with fees and all that. So it's very hard to find the motivation to list anything. Yeah, true enough. It's just, um, there's always uh, ways, but I just. Like I said, I mean, it's just a shame that you you so much cracking stuff out there, and it's like nobody gets to see it. Mm. Case in point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we get all these people. Neil dies. They're all brought back to the hotel. Um, isn't it funny the way they all come back? Yeah, like, like all at the same time. If I I'm never going back to a workplace I've been in before. If somebody died, I'd be like, oh, that's a shame. Well, I get it with them because it's for them, it wasn't just like, oh, we're work associates. It's like they're trying to uncover like secrets of necromancy, immortality. So, I mean, it's a pretty big deal. Like, he calls out for everybody. It's like, oh, fuck, you know, maybe he figured it out. And then they all find out, oh, motherfucker killed himself. Yeah, and they're all sagging linked. That's I was kind of loosely wasn't really played with. That was a thing. Yeah, I mean, they're really all sagging about... linked, but it was loosest of loosest of uh, bringing that on board. 
mm-hmm. which might have taken a wee bit more setup, I think. I mean, you kind of you kind of get it with Alex. Like he he's sort of the glue that binds them together. Like Neil mm-hmm. is the leader essentially because he was the one that was really doing all the research for you know the you know ancient. He was the obsessive. He was the one that was yeah. deep into it. Um, and then Alex, the one with the dreams, which it's funny because his shit changes like from the beginning. It's like, Oh yeah, it's dreams. That's his psychic ability towards the end of the movie. He's like wide awake and running and just has these random flashes. And it's like, okay, so which is it? But whatever. I can It's almost like lucid dreaming. You know, he's, he, he doesn't know when he's asleep or awake, but it's a Mm -hmm. business of the future. Um, it's interesting that, like I said, it was good the way they give the the quick intro. Um, Mm -hmm. These are the characters. Um, it's weird the whole um, coming back. It took a minute to get into mm-hmm. when they all sort of came together again. It just there's a wee bit of a bump in the road. Well, uh, part that part, like the sound is off. Like that's one thing that always does kind of get me about that is like that first like when they all get back to the hotel and they're meeting mm-hmm. Gallagher's wife. The sound is not perfectly synced just enough that it's like oh god yeah it's... <laughs> it takes till after the dinner scene uh-huh to sort of get back into it again mm-hmm. yeah that must be i just found something about them arriving in the hotel and the half dinner it's, yeah you're kind of jarred aren't you you're like oh hold on what's going on i'm not quite i'm not quite with it now you mention it um yeah well the thing that at least for me that would always like reel me back in is post dinner scene they're examining the body and shit and um dana or dana whatever the fuck her name is i always forget uh takes that long ass pin and is like well let's check to make sure he's dead and just Wah. it's yeah, so like... so effective like it's so just that's brutal but it's such an easy gag but it's so effective like i yeah, so good. And that would get you kicked out. Of, you even thought about doing that in a funeral. Because you back over here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. You would you'd get probably be in arrest or some shit. Oh, yeah. You'd be, you'd be in. Well, you'd hope the police get to you first because the friggin' family just tear you to bits. They're mm-hmm. in the spot. In oh, fact, yeah. they just casually, yeah, fucking doing it. Doink. Yeah, everyone's um, just like, what the fuck? <laughs> and the way they just went along with it. Um, mm-hmm. Dana was an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, she's I, out of all of them. She's probably my favorite because she's so over the top and so fucking goofy. And it's like you you wonder the whole time: is she is this an act or does she actually believe this shit? Like it's always kind of like I don't know. Yeah. Um, you kind of get that if you meet pagans. Yeah. Yeah, it's like how much of this is the act to be part of the group, mm-hmm. and who's the true believer here? Because you can never tell with them. Mm-hmm. They're so um, blessed be, and got this fucking. They're worse than Christians, actually. Yeah. For the, well, the thing the, is, the it's like, and with Christians, at least you know where they stand. With pagans, it's like you're literally using a blanket term to describe yourself. It's like pagan just means non. Christian, Judeo-Muslim, like you are a non-Abrahamic religious individual. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I always love that with 
kids growing up. Oh yeah, I'm pagan. Cool. What are you? Well, I'm pagan. It's like, okay, cool. That that means you don't know. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm not talking to you anymore. That's it. You've told me everything I need to know about you. Pretty much. But she's just giving me those vibes. Um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I find pagans extremely frustrating to engage with. And it's this whole lure, like this, like Donna, um, this whole lure of fluff mm -hmm. that you're like, um, okay, I understand ritual, I understand the need, I understand how it's cathartic, but you mm -hmm. can't, it's not a crutch, and doing it consistently and getting on the gap, like, where do we have the real conversation? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's going about giving it fucking big licks and putting protections on everybody's doors and all sorts, and yeah the funny thing it worked yeah i mean it did <laughs> that was the thing because it actually the ones that she put the protections on it's funny that she didn't do everybody i mean i i i understand it because you know like fucking with uh frank and chris and they're assholes so whatever yeah they're just cannon fodder um yeah <laughs> which is a bit of a shame because there was um to me it was a waste of two actors Mm -hmm. yeah because i mean it, it it did set it up to where it could have been really cool because like you know carissa she's a psychic that experiences shit by touch so she sits somewhere lays somewhere puts her hand on something and she essentially sees the past mm -hmm. and it's like that's cool and of course like with frank egging her on like when she's laying in the bed oh who is it oh it's so cool it's like cool let's expand upon that they, they really yeah. didn't and I think what got me was um, they didn't use their powers. Like, this is a mystery, you know. At the end of the day, it's a it's a murder mystery, mm -hmm. sort of adventure. That's that's why I'm saying the puppets, like Toulon and the puppets, were almost sidelined to the main mystery until they got brought back in, mm -hmm. and we find out why. But why didn't they use the combination of their powers mm -hmm. to find out what was going on? It just I, I don't know that that's the bit of just find difficult but then you see the puppets doing their thing and you don't care i suppose mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> i suppose that's what makes it you're like oh god we're not stuck with staff actors oh it's drill heads let's do it oh yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> um yeah but see knife hand he's running about and actually the wards work so that kind of answers the question is it real or not but the first victim's actually the groundskeeper, or sorry, the, the housekeeper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, who doesn't even uh, die, which is fun. Wait, was it the groundskeeper? Yeah, never mind. She died. She died, and then. Yeah, it was the other lady that didn't die. She just went crazy. Yeah, good old, yeah. Uh, good old pinhead smacking her over the head with the, the fire poker. <laughs> and you're like, why? Yeah. That was. Um... <clears throat> Uh, and also, why we the uh, well, we'll know why, but it's we wait to see everybody arrive. But it's like, what'd she do? Mm -hmm. Do you don't need somebody living to fucking help out? <laughs> Never kill the help man, you know. We somebody's yeah, trying to exactly. do a job, let them have a day off, job done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has a you gotta clean fucking... yourself and fuck that. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to say the death scene with Frank and Chris. Definitely the most fun. Mm -hmm. They're boring, 
missionary position, kinkiness. Yeah. Like, I just didn't believe it at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, she's the first victim, the drill head. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was just funny. Right in the throat. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. <laughs> but leeches don't hurt. I don't know why I started screaming with the leeches. Yeah, but these are like magical leeches, so it's different. Because that's the whole point. Then they get attached to you and you don't notice. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, good. Uh. I don't know if you've ever been anywhere tropical. It's fucking not nope. pleasant. Luckily, never never had a leech. Yeah. Um, like, that would freak me. It's the same part. with ticks. Um, used to be bad. I used to do a lot of stuff in the hills. Ticks mm-hmm. were the worst. And they just. They actually bury themselves into you and you don't feel them. So his screaming over the leeches, like, really? Yeah, especially because he's blindfolded at the time. Like, he's yeah. not going to feel them. But man, he, uh, yeah, he was definitely getting into having leech woman on him. Like, that was probably the kinkiest thing he's ever experienced. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Like, <laughs> you're just like, now you decide to overact? Hmm. Or was the other, was it, um, Chris's character was the wooden plank because it's hard to tell with those two. Mm-hmm. Just I no mean, chemistry yeah. between them. Yeah, yeah, they were in two different movies, definitely. Yeah, but it was still a fun, still a fun death scene. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, then we have this weird thing. Alex is terrified to hook up with Donna. She's offered herself on a plate, and he's like, "No." <laughs> um. Does he know that it's a bad idea? And I wish I had his common sense in my younger years. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say yes, give him the benefit of the doubt. And yeah, I mean, we could have all used that. <laughs> everybody's had, everybody's been there. <laughs> yeah. Like she's offering us something. She, he's like, no, I'm going for a walk. I'm good. You're too crazy for me. <laughs> yeah. It's because he's got his eyes on Megan. He's mm-hmm. like, ah, yeah, she's a widow now. I'll fucking take that. Yeah, he's wanting some of that. I was like, <laughs> don't stop me cracking on my boat, but hey, who am I? Um, yeah, that was a funny scene. Mm-hmm. And then, who did she get? Doesn't know. Drillhead uh, goes to the other guy. Yeah, so she got Blade. Uh, uh, she got Dana, yeah. Wait, no, no, no. It was Blade and uh, Pinhead that took her out. Initially, it was Pinhead, and then, um, like, he snaps her ankle. Oh, that's right. Yep, choking her out and shit. And then Blade shows up and gets her throat. Yep, true. And they're just busy getting dispatched one by one. Um, then the other dude, I can't even remember his name. He was a bit of a non-entity anyway. Mm-hmm. Or am I mixing him up with the other? See, I watched five movies at once, and it's not good. <laughs> Um, no, so I'm got, remembering scenes from other movies, and I'm like, uh shit, yeah, that was a bad idea." Blend together. No, so it was it was just them. We had because um, ultimately the three of them end up at the table because um, Alex and Megan are running down the stairs, and he gets the flashes of, "Oh, they're all eating dinner." Yeah, they're at the dinner table. We need to go there um, because ultimately that's when Neil exposes himself as having used Toulon's magic to, you know, he killed himself. So that he could become immortal. Yeah, uh, and also cut off... And that why he was able to cut off the second connection. Mm-hmm. See, that was the thing. I didn't get... I know they talked about it, but you didn't get the connection between the 
the group. Mm-hmm. And I think we maybe should have played with that a bit more. That the fact they could do stuff yeah. without saying to each other. Um, mm-hmm. I think we need a bit more play with that because that was a part of the plot that didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because really the only the only uh, connection between any of that was ultimately with um, uh, Alex. He's the only one that sees like the collective group, whereas everybody yeah. else is kind of off in their own shit. Which would then beg the question: Why not just take out Alex? Mm-hmm. Rather than going through this elaborate scene, if they had to just take, I know it wouldn't have made a movie, but you know, logically speaking, it would have made yeah. sense to take him out. Yeah, pretty much. Um, we never found out because the the start off talking how he screwed them over and he did this and he did that, but we never find out exactly what happened. That no. made them fall apart. No, not really. Yeah, they well, and they kind of talked. Joined about him like, on his research, like, and then he did something to piss them all off, so they never wanted to see him again mm-hmm. or each other. At that fact, yeah. Um, but we never found out what the actual events would have flashback or something have helped. I don't even really think it's necessary to be honest. I mean, sure, it would have answered that question, but like, we really didn't. Because I just got sorry. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 it's good. Uh, we didn't really get flashbacks of necessarily them. Period. Uh, we just got like the the montage of all of them living their lives and then showing up. So it's like I, I don't necessarily think it's it would have been necessary. Well, my question is because he's wiping them out because he do, he knows because of their second connection, which isn't really explored. Mm-hmm. It's just put out there um, that they'll discover he has eternal life. But the impression I get is they don't care. He could have had eternal life, and they're really they're so wrapped up in their own lives that he could have um, done whatever he wanted. Yeah, because we didn't get they to didn't... see their investment. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, because we didn't like it would have been one thing if they were actively trying to find him and seek him out, and yeah. like they didn't know shit about shit. Like they didn't know where he was or anything. Like he sent out invites to bring them to the hotel. So it's mm-hmm. like, it's almost like a vanity thing where they don't give a shit, but he cared so much that he wanted to make sure that they couldn't come find him. Yeah. Um, and that's a bit what kind of a fine trouble, you know, just jarring about the movie, the plot. If they had him more invested or if I had a scene, is, had a scene where. Maybe flashback, but how they were invested in his research because to me it just seemed like they didn't give a shit. They were with him at one point, and they quite happily went about their own lives without him again. So him gaining immortality, I don't think it would have occurred. Yeah. So I don't understand the necessity to bring them back in, and it's, and also that didn't explain. I'm just surmising that because he killed himself, that's how he cut off a second connection. But was that what happened? I don't think that was actually explained. How was he able to hide himself? No, it was just yeah, it was just assumed that because he was dead, that was the the link to them. But do you know what I'm saying? They're supposed to be all connected. We don't see that connection between them. Even the two are they're supposed to be in a couple. Um fucking uh, I just don't get how I, I don't understand his urgency or his fear when leading up that moment of killing himself if they're all slightly connected they would have known anyway mm-hmm. yeah and that's the thing they didn't even know that he was dead 
Or Kerr. Like, yeah, they all showed up thinking, oh, yeah, where is he? And then Megan's like, oh, come with me. And then they see the body and it's like, oh, well, fuck. What was the move in the body about all of <laughs> What was the point of that, apart from just messing with people? I think that was him literally just fucking with them. Like that, just, that was pretty much it. He just wanted to get in their heads more before he actually dispatched them. Yeah, I suppose the whole thing, it's more his need, because they were just, he could have done what he wanted, and they were like, he was out of their brains. Yeah. So this is, that's why I'm saying it's almost a separate, you know, this is almost like a serial killer movie. Oh yeah, straight up. And the build-up with the puppets, um, almost, like he could have went around dispatching them himself, Mm-hmm. Like you know, in the shadows, you don't see it without yeah. the puppets, and this could have just been the same movie. Yeah, uh, it's just, uh, and that's what I, I mean. Uh, it, of course, definitely wouldn't have built a franchise, though. <laughs> no, and to be honest, it would have been forgettable. It's the puppets yeah, that made this much. movie. Yeah, uh, especially at that time, you know, a movie like this coming out at the time it did just brilliant and they give us the characters you know you want i wanted to know more about the puppets than the actual mm-hmm. <laughs> the wooden planks that were brought in um it was interesting though that the the bodies that had together that basically whoever got control of the puppets could bend well in too long before he taught himself say well need to hide you because under wider with me you're loving and can't no sorry is that part two Am I? Uh, he didn't really go into detail why. Am he was I jumping ahead? He just said that. Yeah, you're jumping in. He was just Whoops. talking about he needed to keep him safe. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fucking yeah. yeah watch like, one movie, Colin. You have one really job, don't... Colin. Watch one movie. <laughs> Dude, it's fucking hard, man. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. It was hard for me not to start on two last night. It was probably, I don't know. I'll say like one in the morning when I finished uh, the first one, and yeah, not hitting play or. Yeah, start next afterwards was really difficult. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Because I the only thing that stopped me yesterday was because I had a stream planned and I needed to be sort of in the zone, you know, yeah. step away from a computer for from a TV screen for a bit, um, mm-hmm. or else I'd have been balls deep into like seven or eight movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's very um, very easy. Because it's such in a like I know I'm picking apart plot points and stuff here, but that. That just means that we're engaged and considering. Like, that's not a bad thing. If we were just like, meh, that's a bad thing. Yeah, true enough. But if you're actually delving deep, then there's some sort of investment. Mm-hmm. And, okay, this is this is uh, engaged something with me. And it's just funny that, like I said, I've lost count of the number of times i watched this, and I'm still mm-hmm. coming back to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still asking sort of questions and getting something from it. That's That's... Yeah. How many movies made now? Can you say we'll do that? Yeah, not, not many. Think of like just, one in recent years that kind of like I watched incessantly and always pick up something new from. That's yeah, like it's just that part of storytelling is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what happens once again. You get dipshits. Um, it's frustrating. So, but I'm glad that we have movies. I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, had a great time. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's so good. Like, even even the aspects that aren't your favorite, it's still, like, it's forgivable because of the atmosphere and, like, just the love put into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, 
this was one of the catalysts for like just the killer puppets um stop motion shit that full moon was so known for and still is known for um but this was when there was heart and care um i mean even like the future ones like they're cheesy it just continually gets more and more schlocky but it's still like you kind of feel the love uh with yeah, this it's just like this was a labor of love and the puppets weren't fallible it wasn't like they were unstoppable kill machines it could be mm -hmm. stop batted away yeah their, yeah like straight up size was actually their limitation yeah like that's that's the thing i feel like they did really well with it uh that we don't really get in a lot of movies that deal with this kind of shit like they're always like super strong and you go to pick it up and it's like picking up an child's play no, series, um, yeah. yeah the child's play series really frustrates me in that aspect because by right one boot would send mm -hmm. Chucky flying, and it doesn't happen. Yeah, and the fact that you're practically you know, and he's on top and wrestling, but this actually uses their physicality. One kick, and these things are away, but they're resilient and they're cunning, and they know it, and they work as yeah. a team. And that's what makes it believable. Because mm -hmm. even Pinhead, yeah, he's super strong hands, but he's still fallible. So. They need Pinhead to do certain things while Blade jumps on or the combination Drillhead and Leech Woman working together. Mm -hmm. the, the, the work in pairs, the, the think things through, they have a plan. And you kind of... And that's why, that's why I find it funny about the human characters. There's more character and fucking interaction between the puppets. Yeah. And expression. Yeah. Like there's more like Leech Woman and fucking Drillhead. There was more chemistry and fucking interaction between those two right. than uh, Chris and Frank. They're supposed to be super duper kinky couple. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just so funny too. Like they're, I mean, obviously with Jester, like Jester aside, they're not technically very expressive, but it's so easy to read what they're feeling, even though they can't talk. Like Blade. He smiles, and when he gets really excited, his you know the spikes coming out of his eyes, which you know in further sequels is a little bit more explained. But in this, like it's still, even though they're not telling you this is what happens, you pick that up. Um, That's amazing. I mean, Pinhead has his head is like this fucking big, and there's no articulation on it, but you can still get emotion and depth from that character. It's, it's so funny. You can get more emotion from these puppets than the fucking entire Marvel cast. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Like more fucking actors today have um uh what was I they've just about the expression between them, a group of them is one of these puppets. <laughs> right. Amazing the way it's done. Mm. But that's um that's why I just dove in. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, I'm staying for another couple of movies because fucking mm. Fuck, just yeah. having a great time, and it's the puppets. They are they are actual characters in this, and mm -hmm. it's amazed that even after all these years, and you go back to it, and you're like, "This is still bloody good." Yeah, no, and, and it still, still holds getting... up. Like it is, it's a, a, it's definitely a credit to practical effects. Like it's, I mean, it's literally just. In most scenes, it's somebody holding a puppet and their hands off screen, and it's like, "Oh, look, he's actually walking," or when you actually see like the full body, like um, uh, Pinhead crawling out of um, Gallagher's casket. 
Like that's that's stop motion. That is literally somebody moving just a cunt hair, two pictures, cunt yeah. hair, two pictures, and doing that, like spending hours upon hours doing that. But it's it works so well. And it's so much less cartoony than if they had just like digitally rendered something like that. Oh, I would hate that they fucking jump and spin in puppets. That would just uh break me. Yeah. Like, no. Um I think that's why I enjoyed Megan so much. We just we'll, we'll do a Megan tangent because we went to talk about Megan on this, mm-hmm. but um, that's why I enjoyed Megan because she was an actual girl in a suit mm-hmm. and prosthetics, and you didn't get that schlocky CGI mm-hmm. digital crap. You actually got a moving, well, and that's the thing. Like there, it, it's a perfect marriage between digital and practical. Like that's how it should be done. Like. Of course, I'm always going to be like, oh, everything should be practical. But there's a limit to what you can do with practical. Yeah. If you use CG to clean it up, like, that's when it something's magical. Like, I... I and you don't know where the two... And you don't know where the line crosses. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty. When you don't know where the line crosses between practical and CG mm-hmm. and a stumble heart, that's when... And that's my point at the very beginning. A matte painting draws me into a movie more than all the fucking rendered stuff today. Mm-hmm. That takes me out now. Uh, like, I remember the first scene in Lord of the Rings with the, uh, sorry, the two towers, the Battle of, uh, oh God, Helm's Deep. Yeah. Or no, no, it was Lord of the Rings, sorry. The, the initial one, Sauron's fucking attack. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure detail. that was the beginning, yeah. Yeah, the very beginning, sorry, my apologies, yeah. Like that's how the movie starts. <laughs> yeah, true enough. Yeah, but when you first saw that scene, and you knew it was CG, and they told you, you know, when you see behind the scenes and stuff, you're amazed. But they've re- fucking redone that so many times after every fucking movie that it's just boring now. Mm-hmm. Oh, crash! Oh, crash! With that, it's it's a it's a, it leads into the practicality. Like yes, there's just just this massive, you know, war field and stuff. But as soon as it zooms in, everybody's practical. Yeah, you'll get that little bit of shit in the background to kind of fill space because that's you know, that'd be a lot of fucking extras. Yeah, but that's but it, it makes you, you believe need, it. Need more. those 20, 30 extras to begin with, mm-hmm. actually doing it, and then just don't do it like Rings Apart, where they actually copied and paste the fucking CM5 people in the crowd. Did you see that? Oh. Fucking copy paste. That's like some shit I would do. Fucking copy paste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't pretend to be a graphic artist or anything. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right. But I'm like, hold on. These are supposed to be professionals. I'm just an empty and a fucking <laughs> making stuff on the cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can spot them anyway. But yeah, you need that. You need that magic. You need a. You need the curtain. You need the magician behind the curtain mm-hmm. for movie magic, and you want to suspend disbelief. Um. So after all said and done, that they have the final confrontation with Neil. Um, and I actually thought I remember when I first watched this way back in the day. I was a bit sort of confused. Going, what's your problem? It makes sense though. It's not even about. I don't think the other psychics were an actual threat. I think it's more his madness mm-hmm. and neuroticism. And it's like, um, God, there's another podcast I watched on Friday, and they were talking about. Uh, 
what are we Soho? What was that one? Last night in Soho? Yeah, last night in Soho. And they're saying that's a terrible message to put out there about uh why she was killing everybody. I was like, it's a serial killer. They will justify anything in their head. So yeah. It doesn't mean it's the actual message. A serial killer will fucking make up anything. And yeah. as long as they believe it, it justifies their action. Uh-huh. This is the same with Neil. He wants human puppets to play with. Mm-hmm. And what better than the people he has most disdain for or feels that are a threat to him mm-hmm. in terms of his gloriousness. He wants to take them off the board just because they exist. Now, they don't give a shit about him. Yeah, And I've made this point, actually, in the podcasting world when I'm talking to artists that don't be afraid to step up because it's going to happen anyway the minute you put yourself out there the minute you start shining there's some jealous little dipshit's going to try and take you down yeah he's got to be aware of it and just not give a shit mm-hmm. this is this new guy they're not thinking about him but he's thinking about all of them oh yeah and he's just a fan in his head why he has to take them out but it's not the reason that's why I'm saying the serial killer mentality. There's not a moral message here. It's mm-hmm. a fucking lunatic who is drunk and poor for the sake of it, but is not. It's so empty that eternal life means nothing anyway. Yeah. Because if you have a full life, well, fucking who? You know what I mean? You you cock it, you cock it. At least you're not thinking about death. You're like thinking about oh, I'm having enjoying right here now and mm-hmm. making the best I can. But people like that are broken. And he's obsessed over them while they're just getting on with their lives. And that, that yeah. sort of comes full circle at the end. And he wants to dominate them in death. But I think we needed to find out what happened that made them break apart. Well, I think we needed I, something. I don't know. I mean, it's it's explained and it's not explained. Like, the whole yeah, thing it's... is just his arrogance and how he only gives a shit about himself. Like, I mean, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's good enough reason. Like I've cut people out of my lives for the same fucking thing. Like they're just oh, yeah. so far up their asshole that they don't give a shit out about anybody else. You know, why would I be in the picture? So it's like, I still, I'll forgive that. Like, of course it'd be cool to know what actually happened. Like what that would have been just the cherry on top. Of, I think. Yeah, definitely. Cause there was plenty of time in this movie to do it. And the, they weren't afraid mm-hmm. to use uh, dream sequences and flashbacks. So, mm-hmm. Go back to that scene when he was alive and the moment or something that made them all, because he had to have done something really bad for them all, the upsticks. Mm-hmm. You can understand one person going, I'm out. And somebody's still being loyal. Like, I don't see Frank and Carissa. They're just as narcissistic as him. Mm-hmm. So what did he do that would put those two off? See, and I could I could totally believe it if, like, um, Alex and Dana just, like, fucked off they'd be like yeah that those two would make sense because they have they have consciousness they actually have uh feelings so yes but what frank and chris are the two is that they are narcissistic Mm -hmm. people so they would have just leaving just because the other two left they're like i don't want to deal with this guy but i could see them similarly just stand because oh what's wrong with them two um great power you know Mm -hmm. go with the strongest voice sort of thing don't know. I think I, I just would have been intrigued to have some sort of scene that spelled out yeah. the, the instant what what made and you know just to see the evilness because we we'll see the aftermath and his evilness, but there had to be a hint of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, was Megan a good character in this? I'm still. She was more of a plot uh, device. It was. 
she was sort of almost a reason for Alex to not succumb to Neil's power. That's kind of all I feel like she was there for, really. And sort of like to fill in the gaps of the time when the band broke up and, you know, how he ended up at the hotel, how he ended up finding Toulon's trunk and all his research and shit. Like she was just sort of a, a plot point more than a character. Mm. Which made it a bit weird at the end because obviously um, Sonny, her and Alex left. Mm-hmm. He toddled on. She goes back into the house. <clears throat> oh, yeah, we didn't talk about Dan's dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuffed dog. <laughs> I don't get taxidermy. Oh, man, I'm obsessed with taxidermy, especially bad taxidermy. I just, but I don't get doing it with pets. I can understand the fascination of, you know, preserving, but I don't get doing it with a family pet. Yeah, I, that's that's where I draw the line. My I wife wanted to do that with one of our boxers, and I just, I, I couldn't handle that shit. No, like my my mom actually has Ralph's ashes, but I could even sit the uh, as ashes. You know, just like why I would want to go and put them somewhere. You know, that brain once they're gone, that doesn't bother me as much as like actually like stuffing but the corpse. Like, having, that seems weird. Having your pet stuffed and staring at you, and I don't know, just don't get it. I, I don't have a problem. Like I said, it's each their own. I don't have a problem as long as it's not. It's so it's humanely done. That's mm-hmm. natural causes. I get the fascination of preserving. You know, it's all about preserving, isn't it? At the end of the day, I don't get doing it with pets, and her doing it the way she did it. But I'm coming to the part with the final scene where Megan just decides to pick up the dog, carry it upstairs, and then it comes to life. Yeah. Where, where was that going? See. Honestly, I had never really thought about it. I just thought that was a funny way to end the movie until, you know, going over the show notes and shit and like you saying that potentially it was setting up for her to be the next character. And it's like, oh my God, I had seriously never thought of that. But that makes sense. Like all of Toulon's research is there. She understands now what her late husband was doing. Mm -hmm. Maybe she's going to carry on because why the fuck not? Yeah, she was going to be the next puppet master. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting. But like I said, these movies are individuals. There's no, it's a franchise, but they're individual movies. There's no follow through or plot line. Yeah, part three is just. I mean, towards the end, like the last three films, there is a story arc. Um, there's a loose arc between all of them, but yeah, it's that's the great thing because you can just you can watch one, you can watch any one of them, just randomly grab one. Yeah, you can take each one as an individual movie. Mm-hmm. And like the ones that you might possibly miss something, chances are there's going to be a recap in the beginning anyway. So it's yeah. like it doesn't matter if you want to start with four, start with four. Want to start with five, start with five. That's a fun one, anyways. So yeah, just jump in. <laughs> just that's um, yeah. I, I just I just forgot how much fun I've had. You no, know, uh, especially when I'm watching modern movies. You know, even independent ones, and, and it's kind of hit and miss. Like there's so much bad stuff. It's just like it's slapped on the plate with no care. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've just got to put out a movie for the sake of it. Got to feed me ego. But you know something like this. 
and the studio because it's straight to VHS back in the day, I think it was more love because the studios didn't care. Well, and especially because like the studio essentially was just Charlie Ban. Like I'm gonna put something out because I want to fucking put it out. Like that was his whole But I don't think this bit. was the era of home movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, this was when VHS became like not necessarily like buying them, but being able to rent them was so yeah, rent them. There's a massive market. Mm-hmm. Um but we never got the figures. I suppose it's harder to collate. It's easier with box office tickets. Uh-huh. But I don't think we'll ever get the true figures of no, of course not. Via because there's so many independent stores and they mm-hmm. paid so much for the rental and that um probably be impossible to collate, but I imagine Oh, definitely. Because this was a this was in the era of the eighties. Um, I'm I'm talked about it. But we're, oh, sorry, I reviewed X. My apologies. Um, they were talking about that. The era of the home video was mm-hmm. groundbreaking. Um, but they are these stores that you could make a movie like that, and there was just as much uh, financial gain. It was longer term. It wasn't the instant hit. Now everything mm-hmm. must make its money back in the first weekend. Yeah. I mean, there's no long term thinking now. But they, these guys were playing the long game. Oh, yeah. Because you go to a video store and you know for a fact you see a row of Puppet Master movies, you're picking up two maybe for a weekend, renting them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you're picking up the next two. It's, you know. I mean, shit, that's how I first watched it was that box, man. It was like, oh, my God, I want to know what that is. Yeah, and the imagery and the posters when you come in, and it was a new series, and the posters up, and like, holy shit, I want that. Um, yeah, I miss those days. Yeah, yeah, I miss. I mean, I, I used to go, of course, to like the mom and pop things. Like, I mean, pretty much anywhere had them. Like, one of my favorites was uh, a local grocery store that's no longer around. They used to have rentals, and they they hung in there pretty long too. Um, like they probably stopped doing it about the same time Blockbuster was going out of business and shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going like to the mom and pops, like they would just have like the most random shit. I fucking I miss that experience. And Blockbuster especially. Like I know that was a, a chain, but like they always had like the greatest horror selection. Like at least the one I went to. It was always just that pretty was, much an entire wall was there was more, and some, because um, there's some movies, like uh, I know a lot of independent ones, like where I grew up, and some would have it behind the curtain and they made it almost like a, you get into the theater itself mm-hmm. to go to the horror section. There was always that wee bit extra put into the horror section. Mm-hmm. It always had its own corner, and you it's almost like if they could change the carpet and make it its own thing, they would, because yeah. you were stepping into something else. You had your generic slop at the front of the store, and the kitty stuff and that, and everyone walked up. But you, there was always something special about walking to the horror section. Oh yeah. Um, and I think that's why it's synonymous with that time and going back. And I think that's why we have a love for it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you can't put it into words. It's just um, well, maybe somebody else can't apart from me, but <laughs> just something magical about the whole experience. Yeah. And a pity, younger ones that I don't have that have never experienced that. Right, now it's just a fucking thumbnail on your TV or even on your goddamn phone. Most a lot of people watch it on their phone. It's, yeah, but you yeah, miss the, the whole like the posters. 
Mm-hmm. Horror movie posters were the best. Like you saw your generic action flick was your generic action flick, whatever, but they've never the stores never put those up. They were never interesting. Yeah, that's like the kind of shit that stayed outside. Yes. Like that was on the, the windows to draw the normies in. But the real posters, you know, they keep shit up too. Like even if it wasn't a new release, it's like, oh, that's a cool poster. Now we're keeping that shit up. Yeah, absolutely. And we love them for it because you always went for it. Can you find a poster yet? Do you ever do that? Yeah. Oh yeah, that and uh, like the the cardboard cutouts, like. It's like oh yes. What are you guys gonna do with that? Uh, we'll take it. Yeah, man. I I wish I still had my cutout collection that I had. Fucking. I never had the room for Texas. cutouts, but posters definitely. That was that was a must. See, I I had I had a few uh, movie ones and also video game ones because I got pretty. I got to be pretty good friends with the people that used to work at a. Uh, one of the game shops by me mm-hmm. so i had a lot of cool shit and then well x's are x's for a reason <laughs> yep you know nothing that. about that not at all <laughs> we, we know what you're talking about Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the small brain when it like overrides the logic centers <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love it but there you go um i think that's pretty much it with a Review, I think we covered it all. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, no, I mean, I could wax poetically about this franchise for hours upon hours, but we definitely covered the first movie. And if you guys have never seen it, seriously, check it out. I mean, it's on Shutter. I'm sure there's a free code that you can get a, a week or a month of Shutter for free. Like, yeah, just watch it. It's so, so fucking good. It's just, it's the kind of thing you just want to sit down with a big ass thing of popcorn and a soda and just laugh. Absolutely. Um, just remind me how much fun, and I'm glad the glad I got to do it again. It was just it was a good idea. I was like, "What are we doing this one? We haven't done the vault in a while. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. it's good to remember why we'll go back to these movies." Oh yeah. So there you go. That's our review. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoyed the episode and our little takes in the world and the news as usual. Um, thanks everyone watching. Um, keep up the date. Obviously, with loads more. In fact. We're quite busy in April. We've got quite a few things coming up. So uh, I got, got a couple things. <laughs> a couple of things, and not just this channel, but we're guesting on other channels yeah. as well and doing random stuff. So uh keep up to do that. Uh as usual, do the typey clicky things. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep, keep it horrific. Work.